Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. I hope you're having a great day. <laughs> Welcome to Coast View, uh, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi a great place to live, work, and play. Today we're having a Coast View session with my old friend Dorothy Roberts. <laughs> Dorothy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ricky. Thank you for having me here. I'm so happy to have you. You know, I was thinking about this show so much uh, leading up to it, um, and we'll get into why mm-hmm. in just a second, but there's a lot of important messages that are going to come out of today. One of hope and faith. As people worry about the coronavirus, I think it's sometimes important to, to stop for a second and say, this too shall pass. Do you, do you think a lot about it yourself? Absolutely. Um, Robin made a post this morning and mm-hmm. talked just about that in this terms should. of, uh, um, there was a remark about determination. That the People should go and look at the post. But she talked about the three Ds that mom and dad taught us, determination, discipline, and the Lord. And I think all of that plays into what we're going through right now. We cannot let fear um, immobilize us. Um, we have to be safe, yes, but we want to we want to continue on with our lives, and that's important. It is so important. And you know, my wife Anne and I have spent a lot of time just thinking about how we're going to keep our family safe. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that occurred to me is we just should act like we all have coronavirus. Mm-hmm. We should just act like it. Yep. Because, you know, there, there are some people who have it that don't know they this have This is it. true. We don't so know. So the, the key is just um, just protect the people around you, and social distancing is, is real. It is real. It's, it's funny. Like when we met, you know, we couldn't embrace. Yeah. Uh, but I think it allows us to connect in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think people are learning that even in our church yesterday when mm-hmm. we did the passing of the peace, mm-hmm. we passed the peace like that. Yeah. <laughs> and we passed the peace with elbow bumps. Yeah. But we still were able to connect with everyone. And that's the important thing, I think. I think it is. Um, your mother and father continue to inspire in so many mm-hmm. amazing ways, you know, through their words mm-hmm. and through their family. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, your dad, I, I knew your dad, you know, he, yeah. he was always a hero to me. Yeah. But your mom was my friend. I know. And, you know, she would call me if she hadn't heard from me in a certain length of time and just call to check on me. And Anne, my wife, always knew that when Lucy Marion called, everything had to come to a stop. And we would we would have long conversations, and they were always full of encouragement. And, you know, the thing about your mother was no matter how difficult time came for her, whatever, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. after Katrina or whether it was, you know, toward the end of her life, she was always so full of hope and faith and encouragement um i mean it 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 was amazing yes she that was really um i think her gift to people when i'm in my store now people will come in and they will share with me some remark that she said um that helped them and um enlivened them um supported them that was just her nature yeah i mean of course she was a mom and we had our moments where you know i'm like okay mom please you know (laughs) i'm gonna wear these um we have a memory of wearing patchy blue blue jeans to the bx and she said you're not going in the blue the bx with me with those patches on your blue jeans but for the most part i think her gift was just that to pass on to others 
um, to see something in other people. She she had the ability to do that. My mom, um, she really never met anybody who she really didn't like. And if she did, she kept it to herself. And she didn't allow us to know if somebody, you know. So she had that, that gift, and I think that's a beautiful thing to pass on. And I was really grateful and just a real blessing for, for me. And, and both daughter. of your parents had mm-hmm. that. I mean, your your dad, was, I mean, he literally was a hero. Well, yes, he was. <laughs> you know, there's a funny thing about, you know, he was a Tuskegee Airman. I know you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that for a long, long, long time until the movie came out. Uh, my mother knew it. But uh, so he never, he was, he was a very humble man. He didn't. Uh, um, boast, and I think when the movie came out, he finally said to us, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I was a part of that too." But I think the reason he never talked a great deal about it, and military men don't always talk about their experiences, he didn't talk about it because he was not in the group that flew over mm-hmm. there. The movie's all about the first uh, couple of graduating classes. He was in the graduating class of 1944, mm-hmm. uh, the K class, I believe, a twin-engine pilot. Uh, and I think he was very respectful of that. You know, he mm-hmm. didn't want people to get mixed up with mm-hmm. thinking that he was one of the pilots over there. But we're going to get more into uh, your father mm-hmm. and your mother mm-hmm. as we go into this conversation because you know they they have so much to share with us, and I hope to so, sort of at least the best we can in the short time we have together capture some of their essence. Okay. But when I think of your mother and father, and I think of your family in general, I think of faith mm-hmm. and community and commitment. Uh, even, even obviously, you know, country, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the commitment you guys made, you, you know, your family traveled literally all over the world. That's very true. And, uh, and then what was so cool about knowing your parents' history is that they chose Mississippi. They could have not, they could have gone anywhere, but they chose coastal Mississippi. Yes. Sometimes that's even amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little known fact that, you know, dad was in Vietnam and um, when he came back, his his plans were actually his orders were actually to Scott Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, people really don't. You know, of course, they wouldn't know that. And he had them changed to come to Keesler, and I was ready to go. I was like, Dad, you know, it's okay. I, I'm, you know, we, I'll find a school in the St. Louis area because he had orders to Scott Air Force Base. But no, he didn't want to do that. I think my father had. He knew where he wanted to go. He loved. He loved the Mississippi Gulf Coast in that his first assignment was at Keesler Air Force Base and his last assignment was at Keesler Air Force Base. I think that was important to him. And then he found work over at the NSTL, NASA's, um, it's called Stennis now. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's why, you know, he he decided on Pascrishan, the diversity of people, the small town, the community, that I, I felt like he felt that he could make a difference in, and, and he did. And that's why they chose the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So he started his career in Keesler, he ended his career mm-hmm. in Keesler, and a whole lot happened in between. In between. So we, we, I want to come back to that. But okay. for, first, I actually want to I want to focus on you for just a second. Um, let's, I think a great place to start is this. I was, as we were discussing before the, the show, um, Robin's Nest in the Past, your mm-hmm. store, is a really special place. And as I was going through some of the items at your store, <laughs> I was struck by there's so much of your family's ideal. <laughs> you know, so much of the principles that guide your family are part of your store, aren't they? They are. They are. And it, it's important to me to feel that I'm still living a life of service. 
you know, I was a retired social worker, so you don't really take that out of you. And um, it's important to feel like we're just not selling things. We want people to have an experience. Um, as you said, mom and dad had all these different phrases and the way to in, embolden people and to support people. And I want our merchandise to to speak to that. And mm-hmm. I believe it does. And Sally Ann and I have a collection called the Power Collection. She loves that word, power. Yeah. And um, your power is on. That's one of her um, mm-hmm. her lines. That's one of her books. And uh, so we, we look for merchandise that speaks to people and resonates with people and lets people, let allows people to um, be still, allows people to um, uh, feel a sort a sense of um what word am i looking for ricky a sense of hope thank you, you. Know? but she, what's amazing about the story is it's a storm with a soul and i don't you know mm-hmm. people might just say that but it is so true if you if you once you hear this the history of your family and the hard-earned i don't know sense of 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 um faith and 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 god and faith and mm-hmm. humanity it's uh you, you can understand why I say it's a store with a soul. Well, so you. let's come back to your story, though. Okay. Um, where, talk, talk about growing up. Oh, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> um, okay, I was born in Sioux City, Iowa. You know, Mom and Dad had four children. We were all born in four different places in the United States. Um, I was the kid who didn't really know for sure what she wanted to do. Um, I thought I might want to be a nurse. I thought I might want to be um, a music teacher. And I ended up, uh, my mother pushed me towards music. I played the piano. I, I got a degree in something that was just really a hobby. And uh, But all along the way, I always felt like there was something different and more to do with my life in terms of educating folks. And I went off and got my master's degree in social work. And my mother was um, had a strange reaction to it, quite frankly. Um, it was more of, I thought she was going to be so happy, I've decided I'm going to be a social worker. And my mother actually was a social worker as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. Um, and in her early career. And my mother said, oh, my goodness, Dorothy, you have a, you have a really kind spirit, and, I'm, and it's going to be a little difficult for you. It may be difficult, maybe challenging, but I'm very happy for you. And I think she was very proud of my efforts uh, with uh, working at South Mississippi Regional Center mm-hmm. for the majority of my career. Uh, 25 years with the Department of Mental Health. Let's do, and, this, let's do this. Come back to your mother for a second. Yes. You know, what What was so powerful about that as we go into the break, and mm-hmm. then we'll come back and continue mm-hmm. the story at the break. What was so powerful about that is that she knew what you were getting into. That was right. just her wisdom. Very true. Her wisdom Very was true. just you know, letting you know, man, you picked a tough one. Yes. And uh, you know, I want to talk about that. Actually, I got to know you actually through your work and, and your social work. That's very true. And your your determination mm-hmm. to make sure certain you know certain people didn't get overlooked, and that mm-hmm. we were really focusing on kids and right. so on. So right. we'll come back to that in just okay. a second. But this is Dorothy Roberts. We're we're having a great conversation about her <laughs> life and her parents, um, and we're we're going to go into a lot more detail about that here in just a second. We'll see you after the break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great time to be on the coast, and we love talking about it. 
Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Dorothy Roberts here, my old friend. We're, we're talking about her amazing life, but also her parents and what her parents mean to her family and to the coast and to the world for that matter. The messages they have to convey to us even today are so positive and so important. I think a great message given that people are concerned uh, about the coronavirus situation. And, you know, again, this too shall pass. And they would, she would, your mother would have been the first to say to us, you know, it's okay. Right. It's right. A, we'll, we'll get through this. You know, we just, we'll do it together. Absolutely. Um, so we were talking about, you picked social work, but I wanted to kind of hold you back a little bit because you know, I mentioned that your mother um, was speaking some wisdom to you when mm-hmm. she was saying, you know, you know, it's a tough field and whatever. Right. And we're going right. to, we'll come back to that. But was that your first choice? Well, Actually, it was not my very first choice, but it was something that I did feel called to. Yeah. But I have a memory of my father who tried to guide me into a different area, into marketing and advertising. Because as a kid, we had uh, we were really creative in, as children. We would watch a lot of TV, and we would uh, play the commercial game. And whoever could figure out what the commercial was within the first couple of seconds, you know, they would get the and we'd say you won. Um, and so he knew that I liked I liked all of that. And he asked me to consider this area called marketing, but I didn't understand it. And his explanation of it because it was brand new, it didn't gel with me. But it is funny now that in this life that I am in now, I do all kinds of advertising and marketing <laughs> for for my store. But social work was something that I did feel called to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, as I said, I thought about being a nurse, and uh, then I was an educator for a short while. Um, and so uh, Southern Miss is where I ended up going and getting my MSW. And I did feel a sense of working with people who did not have a voice. And um, I worked with people with, with developmental disabilities. Which is something your mother mm-hmm. preached. Yes. She, everything she did was about lending voice to people who didn't have a voice. Absolutely. And, and I think working with the families of the individuals at SMRC, that was really my forte. And that was what drove me and gave me the greatest sense of accomplishment. But with all things, when you do something for a number of years, and then I went through some personal things with a divorce after 25 years of marriage, I realized that I, I needed to get out of my comfort zone and move forward in a different um, arena, if you will. And I went and worked with children, with adolescents with psychiatric disorders at Specialized Treatment Facility, a wonderful facility that's also operated by the Department of Mental Health. And then I was able to come back to South Mississippi Regional Center as the assistant director and then the director. But underlying all of that, I always liked making things. I was this kid who, you know, I'm kind of creative. I play the piano. I sing. Uh, my mother sang, so I said, well, I must be able to sing if my mother could sing. It was as simple as that <laughs> right. to me. And um, and so I started making jewelry for about 10 years. It was my creative outlet through the struggles and challenges that one finds themselves in when you have a breakup of a marriage. And um, and that's what led me eventually through to open my store. But before I even get to that, I want to say the critical reason on why I actually retired from state service was because my mother went through all the seasons of her life, mm-hmm. and so did my father. We were, I was very blessed. Um, but during that 
the winner of her life and you know robin got so critically ill as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and you reflect or at least i chose to reflect on well where am i going to go if i get it to a chance to live through the winter of my life what will i be doing and i chose to go ahead and retire and open up robin's nest in the past which is a gallery gift shop and as we've already spoken about the types of merchandise that's available there but it really is my way of allowing a little retreat for people for when people come in and they can get away from the hustle and bustle of life come into a store that is filled with um like you said hope it's filled with uh, messages of encouragement and art local art i support about 10 different artists here on the coast and it's it's really still it's a perfect uh, merging of that creative side the administrative side uh, of my life and i feel very very blessed to to be able to do that so your your father um was at morehouse college when world war ii broke out Howard University. I said, I said, I said, I said Morehouse earlier. I met Howard, and I think it's because he graduated from Morningside. So I think you're merging those two. Howard University is where mom and dad met. Where Mm -hmm. they met, and he had this call. He he not only he went to three wars, or he was involved Mm -hmm. in three wars: Mm -hmm. Korean War, right, Vietnam War, World War II. He at the time that he became a a colonel, Mm -hmm. full bird colonel. Yes, uh, I think at the time there were only thirty-five African American colonels. That's what we understood as well in the seventies. He retired in nineteen seventy-five, and he was one of about twenty-five to thirty black colonels in the United States Air Force. He chose the United States Air Force, which I will say was the first armed forces that integrated. Um, and I think that had a, a big part of why he also chose that that branch. And he wanted to fly, and he went through the Tuskegee Airmen program. So if you want to fly, you know, <laughs> go into the Air Force. And he had an illustrious career there. But I'm sure it was filled with challenges uh, that he didn't bring home to us. But he taught us through his um, his walk of life. You know, um, you don't have to get loud and and um, and ugly with people if, if you're unhappy with things you can work through that in in other ways and i think that those are some of the lessons that he he taught us in fact there's a little family a story about he didn't allow us to bicker and people sometimes realize they say well, how can you all be so close you have four <laughs> siblings and we're you know, now it's just us and um the the four sibs as i call as i, I have a little group called the four sibs and um and and basically, he, he didn't allow us to bicker. If we got really, really upset with each other, we either learned to work it out, but he wouldn't tolerate it, you know. And he would clear his throat, and we knew it's time for us to stop. Um, and that was his way of keeping peace in his own in his own environment, because I'm sure out in the in you know at Keesler and at his other um, bases, he had a lot of um, challenges that he had to deal with throughout the day. So when he came home. He didn't want to hear his kids, you know, fussing with each other. So he, he just wouldn't tolerate what it. What stuck out to me about your father and sort of preparing for today was, you know, well, obviously there are many things. Uh, but one is that he believed in excellence. He believed that he needed to live his life as the best he could be. He did not see himself, even though we pointed out that he was a, a, a trailblazer as an African-American mm-hmm. officer in the Air Force. He did not see himself as an African-American soldier. He saw himself as a soldier. And he lived that way in everything that he did. In fact, 
it was sad to me to think back now that, that he would go fight wars and come back to segregation and all the things he had to deal with. But he never let that change his sense of his role in all of this and his commitment to excellence, did he? No, no. He he um he was a very he was a man of determination. Um he's a Sagittarian and so is Robin. And I think that determination that determined spirit, he he really that that was really how he was. He he was a very he was serious. He he could be playful, but he was a serious man. And I think he, he had his his family to protect his family was was just um paramount in his eyes. And I think he carried that over from his love of his country. And um so his country and his family and God. People don't realize this, but my father was in a sense, I wanna say I can't say I don't want to say more religious, but my the reason we went to church my dad told us, you will get up and you will go to church. It was my father who made sure. He really, he led a very traditional, we had a very traditional family structure. of He was the head of the household, and he took that responsibility seriously, and he made sure that he, he felt very much that it's important for us to have a Christian upbringing. It does not mean that we cannot be accepting of other religions, but we were going to live uh, a life and, and learn about Jesus and learn about God. And he made sure that we went to, to church. I have memories when I'd go, Daddy, I don't feel so good. I think, um, I think I'm going to stay home today from church. And he'd go, that's fine. He says, well, you'll just stay in your room all day. <laughs> if you can't go to church, then there's no reason for you to go out of the house and play, is there? What's so interesting about your mother and father was that your mother sort of followed your father around the world for mm -hmm. all those years. And then when he retired, she had her opportunity that's right. to shine. Right. And my father was supportive of that as well. That shows me he was a man of, of integrity. He was he was self-assured. You know, some men can't follow. Some men just can't. And mm -hmm. they and they would not do that. Now while he when he was in the service, he had expectations of my mother and of our family and we met those for him. And uh but then as it turned out, when it was time for her to shine, he was right there. Mm -mm. I want to come back after the break and uh, and share some of the posthumous honors your father got, which are incredible. Okay. And then we'll shift gears and talk about your amazing mother. Uh, <laughs> after, after the break, we'll continue our conversation with uh, my good friend, Dorothy Roberts. Uh, see you after the break. So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Uh, I have my friend Dorothy Roberts sitting here with me. We're having just a fascinating conversation about her life and the influence of her parents. 
We were just closing out a conversation about her father, Colonel Lawrence Roberts, a, a former Tus- Tuskegee Airman, mm-hmm. and the honors that he received um, after his passing. And I just want to share a couple of those with you. Um, the Mississippi State Legislature drafted a resolution honoring his life and legacy. He received the highest civilian award bestowed by the federal legislature, the Congressional Gold Medal. President George W. Bush honored him and other Tuskegee Airmen with the Congressional Gold Medal uh, for their bravery, patriotism, and the flying skills they helped persuade, and, and they helped persuade uh, President Truman to, to desegregate the armed forces. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the list goes on and on. But I think one of the greatest honors is that uh, the facility at Keesler being named in his right. honor. Tell, right. tell, it, tell about that. Oh, that was a wonderful day. And um, uh, the building, the Roberts uh, Maintenance Building uh, for the air the airplanes. Yeah, the 403. Right. Yeah. And the, every it's a huge hangar, and all the airplanes are um, repaired there. And it the day was just to recognize his efforts in and to have his name on that building at Keesler Air Force Base where he started and ended his military career, I think he would be very, very proud. Very, um, my dad, again, he, he just, he didn't do things for recognition. You know, he, that wasn't why he did anything in life. He did things in life because it was the right thing to do. It was the God thing to do in his, in his words and in his, in his way of thinking. Um, so I just felt so incredibly blessed to have him as a father, uh, a trailblazer, a patriot, um, a man of integrity, <clears throat> and a man of strength. Mm-hmm. Um, we have funny memories of how he would go around and um, show his affection. His affection was it was hard for him in, when we were young, but we never ended a conversation as we got older without saying i love you mm-hmm. and my one of my last memories of him was when we were going to speak on our african journey that we had taken earlier in the year and as a social worker up we were had a presentation that we were going to do and the night before he called me and he said okay are we all set he had this great powerpoint that he was going to to um to provide for this our our coast chapter Program and I love to think about the fact that um, he lived life until he was gone. You know, some people don't do that. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have that opportunity to do that. Uh, it's difficult when someone passes in their sleep, but he woke up in heaven, and I will will always be grateful that he didn't um, struggle or have any kind of medical things going on. He, he had things going on, obviously, but that God took him in his sleep. He led by example, yes. and he left, left such a legacy for all of us to follow. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate you sharing those words. So your mother. Mm-hmm. Lucy Marion. Lucy Marion. Lucy Marion. You say it well. Yeah. A lot of people look at it and go, what on uh, earth is well, a combined she, name? She made sure that you said it pr- properly. <laughs> but I thought um, a great place to start would be so people can understand the essence. And once she was having a conversation with Robin, I get, this must have been on GMA, and she asked, Robin asked your mother, has her faith been challenged? You know, it, we, there had, you know, she had gone through Katrina and she had been ill mm-hmm. and she was, you know, she was obviously not feeling well during this mm-hmm. interview. And in your mother's, your mother's response to Robin was this, no, that her, her faith has grown stronger. She said that she, that when you are still, mm-hmm. there is a realization that you are never alone. 
And even though you are in the winter of your life, spring follows winter. What a beautiful thing to say. A very powerful message. That's That was mom. She was able to express herself with these kinds of statements that were very authentic in the moment and very um, useful and helpful to those people who were able to hear those, those, those kinds of comments. And mom did live through all of her seasons of life and um, during the the last two weeks of her life, um, I remember here talking to one of our ministers, um, Reverend Jimerson, who helped get soul service started at Keesler Air Force Base when dad was, you know, was there. And Reverend Jimerson, uh, she told my dad, she told Reverend Jimerson, she said, I know how to live, but I don't know how to die. And I know that may sound really kind of sad right now, but I think it's a, a message of she and my father both just lived life. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't focus on the, the things that could um, bring you down. They focused on, let's just move forward. And for her, she knew she was slowing down, um, but she didn't really know how to, she didn't know how to do that. She was full <laughs> throttle, you know? And uh, so I, I feel like the winter of her life um, and then spring mm-hmm. follows. And that's exactly what happens even for our family. You know, when when your when your last parent leaves, it is if you are out there on the water and you really don't know where you're going. But when you have the foundation of the parents that we had, yes, we struggled for a short while as the siblings, but we know that the spring mm-hmm. follows. We know that life continues on, and it's important for us. We are now the older generation for our family, and it's important for us to carry on. So, Dorothy, if you, you know, your mother, she really believed she was a child of God. Oh. And she had a spirit that permeated her and touched everyone around her. Where That's did right. that come from? It came from her family. It came from her family's family. You know, um, African Americans, um, our history is it's difficult for us to go back generation, 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 generation. So you have um, my father, my great-grandfather was the founder of the Church of God, Arlington Street Church of God in Akron, Ohio. He left um, um, Alabama and and moved his family, my grandmother, um, to Akron, Ohio. He had a foundation of faith. And he passed that on to his his daughter, my grandmother, and my grandmother passed it on to my mother. And then when you when you merge my father, who also had a very strong um, faith uh, from his family, that's where my mother my mother said, "I'm a child of God all the time." In fact, that is on her gravestone. Mm-hmm. I am a child of God, and we are all mm-hmm. a child of God. You know what amazes me though? You, you could you know that faith. And that spirit that I just talked about, for anyone who knew her, know that what, I, what I'm saying mm-hmm. about that is for, for real. But that doesn't explain her kindness completely. That doesn't explain why she looked at life so positively, why mm-hmm. she was always encouraging, why she felt like she was going to tackle the next deal, why she lived so vivaciously. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? came from, um, to some degree, a family structure where her mother had to take care of the family because during her childhood, her father was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And um, so subsequently, you know, none of us 
But she didn't want any of us to drink. None of us. You're not a social drinker. She would tell us mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I think because when you don't have that, that's what she wanted to create for her family. Um, I think that could be a, a reason why um, it, it, why she felt so much. I mean, I think that that's that's where that comes from to some degree. Um, so she was the first African American mm-hmm. woman to lead the Mississippi Board of Education. Yes. Tell me, tell me about that. Um, my mother was a woman of vision, and uh, people saw that in her. She was articulate. She was compassionate. She was smart. She was all of those things wrapped up into one. And during that time frame, uh, Governor Winter was looking for people to form this um, board of education. My mother's first job was with Child Protective Services. Children were important to her. Education was critical for her because of her parents. You know, her, our, my, both, both sets of my grandparents came from very, very meager um, both parents came from very meager backgrounds. And so that generation of people who went to Howard University, I mean, this is nothing unusual. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not going to diminish it at all. But that generation of African Americans, you, if you go back and look at those people who came from Howard University, there, they are countless people in business and in, in law and in medicine. And it was because their parents, they were just one generation away from slavery. Mm-hmm. So their generation of parents were, you got to get your education. You've got to make your way. And you have to, you have to, I hate to put it this way, but you have to make your race proud also. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's, that is what I think fueled both of my parents. I had a very good friend who told me, she said, Dorothy, you, you guys are some overachievers in your family. <laughs> and she said that in a loving way, Betty mm-hmm. Spencer, a wonderful mm-hmm. mentor of mine. And, and it was very true. We, mm-hmm. were, we, just wanna, we just wanna give. Wow, she, what an amazing <laughs> woman. Uh, there's more. We'll continue the conversation with uh, my friend Dorothy Roberts right after this commercial. But we're talking about her mother, Lucy Marion Roberts, who really left an amazing legacy on this coast. And for those who knew her, uh, you, you know, we could spend the next five hours talking about <laughs> Lucy Marion. Um, we'll be back after this break. Okay. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I want to share something really special with you now. Kyle? Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Soon the gates will open and we shall tread those streets of gold when we all get to heaven what a day of rejoicing that will be these are my words mom from mom from grandma from great grandmother Lucy Marion Tolliver Roberts on Monday June 11th, 2011, live 
with Robin and Dorothy in New York, covered with the prayers from Butch in Houston, Texas, Sally Ann in New Orleans, Louisiana. Love y'all. And we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Wow, you can't listen to that and not have it break your heart. That's the truth. <laughs> but that's that's nice to hear. There's something about your mother's voice, I know. even today, that's so reassuring. I hear it in my head all the time. <laughs> I hear it all the time. Man, I wish I wish we could put her on the table and everybody meet her. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Well, that was from her audio book, mm-hmm. and um, you know she sings hymns and she, you know, just does all kinds of stuff to inspire us, but. You know, she she had there was an expectation because of her life that you guys all go to college you all be better in every possible way than they were absolutely you know there was never a question would we go to school it was where we were going to go to school mom and dad made sure of that and we were very very blessed uh, that they were able to afford to put us through school but that also spoke of their determination that their children's lives would be better than their lives. Um, And there's a lot of research about that now. And the the couple of generations, people's lives were better, if you will, economically. Mm -hmm. And the generation that we're in now with some of our children, they're not not meeting that as, as well. It's a little bit harder. But my parents felt that you need to have your education you need to if it's not an education you need to have certification i don't want to i don't want to make it sound like mom and dad thought well everybody's got to go to has to go to college i think they felt like everyone needs to take ownership and be a part of society find out what your gift is mm-hmm. you know mom had that uh, her saying is we all have a gift discover yours and share it with the world and you do that through preparing yourself you do that do that through prayer preparation proceeding perseverance and then praising him sally ann was able to summarize all of that uh, of, about our upbringing in those five p's mm-hmm. and and that's very very true and that preparation you get that through certification you get that through college you get that through exposing yourself um after you go through high school to get the exposure of learning what it is that God intends you to do. That's all it is about life. such a powerful message. Mm -hmm. I had the pleasure of being chairman of the local Knight Foundation Mm -hmm. Advisory Board. Uh, The Knight Foundation located in Miami, we were one of the the communities involved in that. And she served on my advisory committee. And she, in the 40s, was given a, a John S. Knight scholarship. That's how she got to Howard University. And then she ends up... Mm-hmm. all around the world and comes back and lands on that committee on and the committee get, what a what an incredible opportunity it was to see her at that moment in her life it was it was beautiful and we were very grateful that at that time we also had a foundation that we had established for about 10 years called the genesis foundation it's no longer in existence but the genesis foundation received a night foundation grant to open a program called Academics Plus Com- Computers Equals Excellence, the ACE program in the Pascrishan mm-hmm. School District, mm-hmm. all about helping and serving people. That's my father served 
these little children, two, second graders would come into this, um, to our little room where we had these computers and software program to help them to improve their reading, to improve their, their math skills. Uh, so mom and dad were all about service to others. Well, we're winding down. I wish we had you know, <laughs> many, many more hours. I'm looking at Streams in the Desert, mm-hmm. uh, a wonderful book that your mother gave me. I'll just kind of hold it up. <laughs> But, uh, man, if you want to find inspiration, this is a wonderful book to read, isn't it? It is. Um, Streams of the Desert, Mom, her mother read from that. Mom read from it. Um, Each of us has a Streams of the Desert, and there's a whole bunch of different editions. I have a beautiful inscription, as you do, in in yours that Mom um, wrote. It is a daily devotion. You talked about it a few minutes ago. Be still. Mm -hmm. Quiet time. Mm-hmm. That was very, very influential in our upbringing. Our grandmother taught us that. Well, um, what an inspiration. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your, your, well, their, your family history and ideals with us. Uh, these principles are ones we, that can guide us today. Absolutely. As people kind of worry about the current situation. Right. And, um, you know, it will pass. Mm-hmm. But just protect yourself. Be, you know, do your homework. Help, help, you know, figure out what you have to do to take care of your family around coronavirus act like you have it that's right around the people who are around you and uh again this will this will pass and just have faith oh, thank you ricky and mom thought the world of you and Anne. Oh, so thank please you so know much. that god bless you god bless oh, you oh, i can't. know yes we, we were going to do that but no not especially after i've cried uh, we'll see we'll, we'll see you tomorrow and uh, have a great day Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.